You've tuned in to the show that celebrates life and all that makes it special. Sports, music, you, and of course, a nice cold beer or a glass of your favorite wine. And now, today's story. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Rick and Tom, it's always good to be with you guys. Um, I'm not going to belabor this. Rick, I'm going to hand it over to you. Uh, college football, what say ye? Well, we're doing a rundown of the top 25 this week. Um, we're going to go ahead and me and Tom are going to give our predictions, just to touch on each team and see if we have any surprises and see if we can surprise any of the fans out there as far as the top four playoffs and who our champ is. So without even uh, you know taking too much time, let's just jump right in. Uh, showing up at 25 this week on a fall from grace from – from number nine is Clemson who absolutely looked like they didn't even belong on the same field, um, which is so on Dabo Sweeney. Like it's ridiculous. I think, and, and I'm, I'm going to ask Tom this. I hope everybody saw this. He's got a complete disconnect with his quarterback. Uh, his quarterback's running off the yeah. field. Dabo's trying to give him high five and trying to pick him up. And the kid blows him off and runs well, right me, by it. Let me just qualify. I saw that same clip, and my first review of that clip was, "Holy crap! That that kid's ready. He, he's going to be a transfer at the end of the season." Yeah that, yeah, that was my first thought. But yeah. someone else made the point, and I, and I think it needs to be addressed: is that he had just got blown up on a run play, and so his clock had been a little bit run, and he was going right to the bench. So it could have been oh, that okay. he was on tunnel vision. I'm going to give him credit just for the moment because you know, a 19, 20 year old kid. I don't want to lop them all into the this kid is a troublemaker no 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 I, and i wouldn't i wouldn't have looked at it that way either way um that's that's either a frustrated quarterback a hurt quarterback or you know play calling you know there's a lot of things and you know the old uh ditka jim mcmahon relationship wasn't great i mean they're gonna they're gonna get into it at times but i was just very disappointed with clemson more more on the side of the offense uh they couldn't get anything done really uh, that's a lot of lot of work that needs to be done, especially um, you know coming up when when they have Florida State on that that schedule still. Well, you're exactly uh, who they right. Could on, they who are, they could beat by. They are. It was um. Oh, Clemson! Clemson lost by to Duke of yes. all teams. Yeah, and this is not basketball. This was football. Yeah, mm. and it, well, well, Duke, is, Duke is ranked twenty one. Duke is ranked pretty high though. No, they're no, they're not. They're, well, they they are now. now. They, Yes. They got raided because of the game. So here's yes. – there were I think they had five turnovers or they had a significant amount of turnovers. Ball possession, ball control is so important in yep. college football. If you yep. if you lose the turnover battle, you typically lose the game. Um, I, I would just add one more thing. Maybe – and you're, you may be right, Rick, on this. Maybe the, the, uh, the, the gleam is off of Dabo maybe. Um, you know, he, he was 121 and 17 – and since then, he's 40 and 22. And the difference between those two things is Venables. With Venables as his defensive coordinator, he could not be beat. Um, without Venables, he's pedestrian. Yep, very much so. I mean, that's that's probably to me, and, and we'll get to what the world thinks the biggest upset was. But for me, that's a two-score favor. Clemson was favored by 14 in that game. To lose by 21, to me, that's the biggest upset of the week. 
you contribute that to to the players themselves? You think, like Tom said, the coaching maybe. Uh, I, I think they've lost a ton. He's correct. I mean, that's one of the better defense coordinators in the game that left him. But he, he had he had served his time at Clemson. He did what he was supposed to do. Mm. They just sometimes those those guys are impossible to replace when you have hey. geniuses at at D coordinators. And we are, we're in a different era, uh, you know, with the NIL era of Mer- coming out, I, I think we've experienced something that is cataclysmic, right? And so it's not just the personality of the coach or the motivation of the coach that's going to get things done on the, on the playing field. But keep in mind, again, that game, the deciding factor of that game are the turnovers. Points off yeah. turnovers were the crucial mark. Listen, they, they turned the ball over inside the 20 um, twice. So left points – um, and they turned over the ball, or ball once at, at the, like the 24 yeah, the two on the fumble right. yeah. inside the 10 yep. twice. And so yep. the reality is that game would have been very different without the turnovers. And we wouldn't have been talking okay. about this game if they had eked it out. But the one thing we did learn is Duke, by the way, they have a coach, they have a new coach um, there and, and he's doing a really good job. And, and we've got, got, yeah. got to give them credit that that is not, our grandfather's uh, Duke football team. They're a good no. football team. No. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, uh, number 24, you're looking at Tulane. Um, not your everyday top 25 team. Had a uh, great 20-point uh, win against South Alabama. But we'll know a lot more about them uh, when we do our next review because this weekend they have Ole Miss – um, so it'll be 24, 20 matchup, uh, great game on the cards. Let's see if they're real. I mean, there's no better, no better test than right out of the gate against an sec opponent. We'll, we'll see what Tulane is. Yeah. And, Interesting. and just to add, remember they, they had a great coming out party last year. Uh, 2022 was an epic year for Tulane. Um, they haven't had these type of years since the early seventies, uh, late exactly, 60s yeah. when, when they were competitive with LSU and Louisiana, but, uh, Keep in mind, um, they've recruited well. They've got good athletes. They've got uh, excellent um, skill position players and good quarterbacking. Um, this is a team that has has arrived. It's kind of like Houston has come around the last few years. Tulane has come around the last few years. The, the elevation of talent has been noticeable. Yeah, they're the new Cincinnati, I would yeah. say, of that, that area. Um, and just a little trivia for you there, Ralph, you know, for all you beer drinking sports fans like me who wants to go, hey, name a team that doesn't have a nickname that ends in S. Tulane's one of them. That's the Green Wave. What's their nickname? The Green Wave. Green Wave. The Green Wave. And and a point of disclosure, Tulsa I'm biased. Tulsa the Golden Hurricane. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little biased because my, my sister went there in the 70s, and so I, I, I grew up a Tulane fan, even wearing the, those, those quirky colors. Um, <laughs> oh, one yeah. more piece of trivia on on mascot on the nickname of football yeah, yeah. college programs. Um, there is a division one, or I'm sorry, there, there's a, a top tier division, not division one, but a college football program that actually has a female nickname. Do you know which one that is? Oh, no, I have a. Well, there's actually two. There's the Golden joke, Hens. But... There's the Golden Hens. Oh yeah, but there's also you... um, Oregon State. Oh, the uh, the beavers. <laughs> See, See I'm but sorry. I sorry. <laughs> I wonder why you remember that, Rick. I just wonder why you remember that. But I got what was the, what was the one you said before that? Uh, golden hens. 
golden head. Honestly, truthfully, all right? Truthfully, do you want a national champion named the Golden Hens? Are no. you shitting me? <laughs> Come on. Some of those names are ridiculous. Better yeah. than the bull yeah. weevils. It's a lot better than uh, the banana slugs out in California. Yeah, exactly. Don't get me started on nicknames. Okay. The golden is it the what was it? the golden wave, Tulane? Is that what it is? No, the uh, green no, wave. Tol- that's a green wave. The Tulsa green wave. is the golden Honestly, hurricane. The yeah. green wave. What the hell is that? Uh, it's a big, mean-looking green no, wave. No, that's bullshit. No, no. That's what tide. he looks See, the crimson, like. I'm telling you, The Crimson you, Tide. It's a no, tide. No, that's another female name we just except, didn't go Except with. the Crimson Good Tide's God. mascot is an elephant. Correct, which makes no sense. Bunch of Republicans? No, the Southward Democrats. Yeah. Everybody knows that. <laughs> okay, moving forward. Number 23, Rick. 23 on this new list is Texas A&M. Um, A&M is always that wild card that everybody loves um, in the SEC and always thinks they're going to upset somebody, but they have a lot to prove. They've been so ho-hum lately, um, being top 10 every year, you know, being that surprise SEC team. They have a lot to prove this year. Uh, They have a big game Saturday against your boys down in your area in Miami, so that we'll see. Uh, Miami came off their win, so it's not like they're – they're going to yeah, be I'm a pushover. Who, who did Miami beat? Uh, Miami, let me take a look. I did not see, to be honest, because I know they're still not ranked. Um, let's see who did they beat. Miami actually beat – oh, that's right. I forgot. Miami of Ohio. It was the yeah. Battle of Miamis. Battle of the Miamis. Yes. So it was. They, so they beat like a junior high team. Is that what you're talking Correct. about? Correct. Yes, yes, a Mac, okay. Mac school, All right. yes. Okay. All right. They're the Oxford of, of the Midwest. Is uh, Ohio. The bad boys of Miami are gone. (laughs) They're gone forever, dude. It's done. Over. Finished. Not done. I agree with Tom. I think they're starting to recruit really well, but they had a lot of work to do to change a culture down there. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what last twenty years. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, Tom. So A and M's got uh, Miami, and now we come to everybody's sweetheart. And I have so many takes on this because, good lord, I I don't know where to go with this. Colorado and Neon Dion's boys. Um, was it a surprise to me they won? Sure. Are we making a little too much out of it with TCU losing everybody they lost when my son looks at me and goes, how did TCU go from number three to 17? Well, because they have nobody there anymore. That's why. Hmm. Was it a great win for Dion? I'll give him credit. I just wish he'd be a little more humble, but that's not who he is. Yeah. No, unfortunately. But look what we did discover. I mean, granted uh, – TCU was not the TCU from last year. It was a it was a shell of that team. So, um, two things happened. This game is kind of like what I call the NIL um, game. It's the modern incarnation of college football, which I'm not sure everyone loves. But it turned out to be a great game, back and forth, no mm, defense, um, other than Sanders' other son, um, right? And um, that great cornerback. Um, uh, what's what's that cornerback wide receiver's name? Oh, the um, kid that it's the kid that he. Yes, he was the top top uh, corner in the nation. Yeah, Travis that, Hunter. Travis Hunter. Travis yes. Hunter. There you go. Yeah, tra- he was playing Travis both sides. Yeah, had an amazing game. Eleven receptions yes. and an interception. That he's um, you know going hearken to your Michigan uh, Woodson uh, yes. two way player ish. But this is what was impressive about this. That program flipped its script. They they replaced sixty six of their players, brought in uh, new yeah. recruits who were freshmen, the freshman class. 
Uh, they had a handful of players left over from the last regime. This was a full overhaul. And it, it I gained a lot of respect for uh, Dion because he was able to create discipline in a program that had very little discipline. And that yeah. discipline showed up on the field. That team played really well. His son at quarterback, um, Shador, played remarkably. 500 yards passing. What was Five so amazing about it career. was his yeah. accuracy and his command of the game. Um, it, the game could have gone either way at the end, obviously. But mm -hmm. Colorado did something that was everyone bet against. I mean, everyone yeah. bet against them having a successful year. They're, they were predicted to have four and a half, five wins this year. Yep. That team yep. is a surprise. Yes, I agree. And I, I do give him props because I love the, hey, it's my way or the highway. There's the door. I will do it my way. It's now my club. I don't yep. like people that come in and try to force their system on people that aren't their players. Now in today's tran transfer portal, you don't have to. It's right. it's It may be unfair to Colorado players that were recruited prior, but they, they can go somewhere else. So I, I was okay with that. And I, I agree. I mean, you're going to learn everything you need to know from Dion, especially as a corner. I mean, no wonder he got Travis Hunter was he wanted to play for the best that's ever played. That's so right. that's why he went. So I did no, hear was, something. Did you, Rick? Did you hear this? This is amazing. If it's true, Boomer Esiason <laughs> was quoted um, yesterday as saying that um, Shador um, beat out, or you know, he was he was looked FSU, Alabama, uh, several other schools right. looked at trying to get him on a on an NIL right. deal. But Colorado got him, and it, according to Boomer, even if it's half this amount, it's incredible. He claimed <laughs> oh three point eight million dollars. Oh he's going to be paid this year. That's ridiculous. Wow. Um, that's that's he amazing, got, right? Is that under that strong. NIL thing? Yes. Yeah. Oh come on, guys! Oh my god! I hate oh, Ralph. It. I can do I can do one better though. You have a backup quarterback that's not going to touch the field this year in Texas. That's making about that too. Yes, that's true. That's right. College, is, college football is over, folks. As the the current floodification of, uh, of college football. Yes, yeah. that's a great way to put it, Tom. Let me ask you both a this a real quick question on TCU. How the hell does a team that was vying for the national championship last year, mm -hmm. were they not? Yes. Fall from there to number 22. Um, could, could it be, you guys are talking about, well, they fielded a, a, a team that was all freshmen. That The first thing that comes to my mind is that's – they didn't prepare for this. That was lousy recruiting the few years before that. Am it, I wrong? How does that I don't happen? think you're terribly wrong, and I don't think they hit hit pay dirt in the in the transfer portal. And that's where it is now. Honestly, when you lose what they lost, they lost what three or four on the offensive side of the ball, first and second rounders. I but mean, Rick, why don't they have anybody in the pipeline? I don't get they, it. They should. But this is what happens when you're when you're not a national TCU's good, don't get me wrong when I say this, but they're not Alabama. They don't just they don't have the pipeline, you know, like a minor league system, if you will, for baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so with their now, success last year, Rick. The success I mean, last year was that was an uh, that kind of uh, came out of nowhere. That was a fluke. It was a fluke. Well, yeah, because Dugan first off wasn't even supposed to be playing. That he wasn't right. even the starter. So okay. a lot of things happen. So in college football, the injuries are probably the most important thing that hit that happened to any program. If, if you can avoid injuries, you'll have more success than otherwise. Right. Um, secondly, is schedule. You don't know how the schedule when the schedule makers make it years in advance. You don't know what your competition. 
Now, if, if you're going to play in Alabama, you know they're always going to be a good, right? But if you're if you play Tulane, maybe the year you're playing and they're not good, but two years later they are good. Or a Duke, for instance, like this year, um, mm-hmm. you just you don't know how those scheduling gods work. TCU had that perfect year. They had mm-hmm. the right players. They brought in the right talent. They were they elevated their talent at the right time. The coaches had coached up the talent at the right time to create this perfect storm. You had the configuration of all these things together. Um, and it, think about this. Alabama had two losses on the last drive of the game. Two losses, both on the last drive of the game. That kept them out of the college football playoffs, and it slid TCU in, and there we are. But they also get beat by a incredibly disgusting margin by, by, um, by Georgia, right? What was it? 66 to whatever? I mean, like seven or 10, seven. Or it, was, it was an embarrassment. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Yeah. And that also has an impact on the guys who want to stay at that program. And so th- 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 that's kind of where all this played out. Well, that makes sense. And, and honestly, Ralph, it was kind of like uh, the whole Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady story, because if Dugan's number one doesn't get hurt in front of him, we don't talk about the miracle he was. That's I mean, right. he was an absolute miracle. Yes, I mean the dude had open heart surgery a year prior. I mean, beautiful, that's heartwarming insane. story. Right, and, it's a perfect yeah. college rags to riches story. I mean, TCU was fun to have to, to support last year. Unfortunately, at the expense of my team, but yes, they were fun <laughs> to watch. <laughs> so, uh, th- all right. th- don't get into your teams because I-, I know you're a Detroit Tigers fan. And I don't know what you're talking about. I think they're one of the only them in uh, Oakland, and is probably the only two teams that are worse than the Yankees this year. That's a, that's allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Okay, number twenty-one. Twenty-one. There's your Cinderella. We just talked about them too. You have twenty-one and twenty-two with the, you know, backing up Colorado. Here's Duke, like uh, Tom was talking about, and Duke used to have one of the legendary quarterback coaches of all time, so it wasn't really surprising they could put up numbers what's surprising is they shut down Clemson defensively I've never talked about Duke not once in my life when it came to college football so that that was the surprising part now what happens when you get all that success that quick how do you back it up that's what I want to see I have a they have a go ahead no I I was gonna say I'm gonna add one piece this they have a new coach in Mike Elko Mike Elko Mm -hmm. was um, prior, he was uh, he was at Wake Forest for a while as a defensive coordinator. He goes to Notre Dame as a defensive coordinator. He gets plucked and goes to Texas A and M as a defensive coordinator. He made he made Jimbo Fisher look really good for several years. Yeah, um, and got him a second bigger contract. And now he comes over to to Duke. And I will tell you, he's an exceptionally good coach, exceptionally good recruiter. Few people know X's and O's as well as Mike Elko does as a defensive coordinator. I will tell you, this is a program on the ascendancy. What we saw yep. this week in, t- in beating um, Clemson um, may have been premature in terms of its ascendancy, but it's 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 a prescription of what we're going to see in the future. And, and I'll tell you what, what's, what's good for them now, they don't have to back it up right away. They've got a couple weeks of some cakewalks um, yep. with Lafayette, Lafayette and Northwestern. And um, UConn, in fact, and yep. then they have a date with Notre Dame. Now that's going to be fun to watch. I'll tell you that right now. Notre Dame's schedule just got a whole lot harder with exactly. this win by Duke. And and by the way, again, Mike Elko used to be the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. So there's some, at Notre there's some, Dame, yes. yeah. There's some yeah. lines of, <laughs> of script here that will be fun to watch. 
I think there's going to be a few stories this year play out that were like, oh, yeah, I remember him. Wait, he did coach here. Yeah. yeah. It, it it just happens. Number 20 Guys, is – go hold ahead. Hold on a second. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. on the outside looking in. If I'm a blue chip uh, football player coming mm-hmm. out of high school, I'm not going to go to Duke. Who the hell wants to go to Duke? If you're smart, if I'm a if basketball smart, player, smart, if I'm a basketball, well, no, I don't see. I, I, I want because there's there's the name record. You you, you want to vie for a championship because that's money in the bank. I, I look at it differently now. If you're a base a basketball player, hell, I want to go to Duke. Oh, sure, yeah, you want to go to Kansas. Yeah. But a, a blue chip football player? I mean, am I wrong? Is it why? Would no, they, you're not wrong. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm with Tom. Long term, you're thinking Duke because that piece of paper is going to ride you a lot of checks later down in life. Yeah, you could be but right. yeah, no, I get what you're saying. But if you, you know, to me, if you're offered a D1 scholarship anywhere and it's got a great education behind it, exactly. and you're not a five star, you're all over Duke. I would oh, be I, all yeah, over. Okay, there. I, I I understand that. Okay, pretty good, pretty good. Okay, number twenty, Rick, you going to do that? You going to do twenty? Yeah, I'll do twenty and then pass it on to Tom. Is that what well? That's doing, five now. You, you've 22? done five. You've done right. to- five. So all right, then go ahead. Tom is at twenty. Yeah. Twenty through sixteen, Tom. Yep. Oh no, no, one more. You, you do one more. You do Ole Miss. Okay, uh, Ole Miss is at twenty. We we just discussed them. Um, their their first game, they had a really tough time against. Ro- Roy, Ray, Ray Mercer. I was going old boxer <laughs> on you. Ray Mercer, 73 to seven. It that was, was a, a mercy rule and then some. Battle. What the hell is I mean, Ray Mercer doing in these schedules? God, come on. And they're not. Good well, God, it's the oh, SEC. See, the kind you got to understand the out. SEC schedules these. I thought they were a high school team. Or, uh, <laughs> give me a break. This is what pisses me off about this yep. crap. I agree. Well, Mercer gets a nice little check for going into Ole Miss, and yeah, that's well. that's what they're happy about. Um, again, they have a, a quick test right behind it. That To me, that's a terrible warm-up game, to me, because you're, you're coming back into a top-20 game against Tulane, and you're not ready for that. You were playing third strings probably the entire second half. So, again, we'll see what both of them are made of come uh, Saturday. That's a 3.30 game, Ole Miss and Tulane. I want to see that. Okay, Ole Miss, all right. Yeah, I, I mean, Lane is known for his offensive uh, gimmickry yes. and, 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 and creative game planning, um, and that was all on full display in the first half. When I, when I say full display, he went basic. I'm not sure if you watched any of the game and the highlights. It was basic plays, but what he was doing, it was, it was, a, it was like – it's preseason football, right? You're, you're going up against yep. a team that is ill-equipped. To your point, um, Tulane will give them a much bigger show this week, and it'll be a fun game to watch because both that teams will be have, that'll be a, that'll be a firework game. Yes, right there. both teams have significant offenses. Um, yep. So number nineteen, um, I, I'm going to tell you what's interesting about Wisconsin this year is <laughs> it's almost a throwback to the old Wisconsin teams. Um, it, it, they're coming back, and this team is is one to be watched. Buffalo, who they played this week, they beat them 38-17, to 17, um, has been a, a, another team that had been on the ascendancy. Now they've, they've plateaued over the last few years, so the program has not gotten as, as, as uh, any big boosts the last couple of years, but it's still a solid football team. They do th- small things well. They, do, uh, they don't turn the ball over up much. They do a nice uh, ball control type of offense, and that's what we, we watch. That's what Wisconsin does, and it does really well. Wisconsin kept it pretty vanilla, which is what they do anyway. 
Um, yep. This is a team that may surprise some folks this year. Um, it, it, strong, traditional Midwest, big offensive line, which Wisconsin's always known for. Grinded out, big uh, running back with some speed, um, safe passes. Um, the, the, you know, the the wide receiver, uh, you know, the the receivers tree that they work is very limited, but it's mm-hmm. old school. A lot of slants, a lot of curls. Um, and that's what you saw this game. So what, if you want exciting football, you were not going to get that, but Wisconsin's going to be a team we'll talk about later. Cause I think they, they have a favorable schedule that's going to help them. Uh, well, they're going to win the West. I think it's, is easy, which means that they've got two games. They've got one game during the season. And then they get the bol- the, the playoff game to get into the playoffs. It's a, it's a pretty easy lift yeah. for them. Let me tell you, um, Basically what they went, they went out and got my buddy. I, I grew up with Luke Fickle. I played with Luke Fickle. Excellent um, coach. He, he is Barry Alvarez's long lost son. This is what they needed at Wisconsin. Yep. And he is a world-class wrestler before he broke his arm, mm-hmm. turned to football. This guy is pure grit. Chris oh. Spielman said he tried to wrestle him in the gym up here in Ohio State. And he was penned in six seconds and said he'd never mess with a wrestler again. Luke Fickle is going to bring Wisconsin back to a top 10 program. It's going to be them in Iowa for the West. Yep. And then it's going to be probably them in Michigan in the Big Ten title game. I, I think it'll be great, to so, be honest to, to with you. Point, I love Luke, and I'm a big fan of Luke. So. I'm a big fan of his coaching style. He's a great recruiter, and he he knows the Midwest, whether at Cincinnati or Ohio State where he's recruiting. He knows the people and the coaches he's recruiting. He's going to have – he's rebuilt that pipeline like that because – he knows it. So to your point about the schedule, Buffalo, this week is actually going to be a tough game. Washington State is going to pose a unique speed um, confrontation for yes. Wisconsin's slow plotter type of game. And w- Washington State is going to give them a game. This will be surprising. But then they got Georgia Southern, Purdue, Open Date, Rutgers, Iowa, Illinois. Iowa's going to be the tough game, but it's at home. That's the game. Um, yeah, that's and then the you game got to me. Ohio State. And, and I'll tell you, yep. and I can't wait for that game. The Ohio yep. State game, remember, they passed on Luke. That's right. They passed on Luke. For, so for when day. we were talking about yeah. storylines, yes. this is going to be one of the best ever right here. That's right. Luke stayed loyal to that school under Trestle. Yep. When Notre Dame wanted him to be the DC for them, exactly. and he stayed home, so right. this will be good. This is a chip on the shoulder game for him. You are absolutely right. And so, circle the game October twenty eighth. But here is the interesting part: they can lose that game, and it's not going to affect them because they Correct, may face. Because they'll have that cushion. <laughs> because they're in the West, right? So this yep. is going to be nice. Um, I, I, I'm predicting they're going to make it to the title game in the in the Big Ten. Um, nice. I think they're a much better team than Iowa. Um, who's very one dimensional, but um, so that's, yep. that's Wisconsin, Oklahoma is, <laughs> we were just talking about Ole Miss, Oklahoma and Ole Miss are like two, um, they're like clones, like yes, separated twins separated at birth, birth. Yeah. all yes. offense, no yes. defense type of team, right? Yes. And yep. uh, Oklahoma, if they can learn how to play defense this year, which again, that, that's a, that's a big lift, right? Um, it's, it's, <laughs> yes. it's a big lift that they can learn how to do it, but if they can do it, They've got a really, really, really favorable schedule. You know, they yes. they, they eke one out against Arkansas State, seventy three <laughs> to zero. Um, <laughs> I was, it was a nail biter. Down to the yeah, wire. It's a, huh? it's a nail biter oh, yeah. until the flip oh, yeah. of the coin. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so then they got SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, which will be a test. Iowa State, nope, which will be a test. 
Texas yeah. is at home, but I mean, not at home. It's, it's at Dallas. I'm sorry. It's a, it's, it's, at a, Dallas. it's a red river rivalry, yep. right? Red river. Uh, yep. Then you got UCF, which will be a tough game. Kansas, Oklahoma state, West Virginia, BYU and TC. My point being, they have one potential or one could be, I mean, one should be lost. Texas should right. beat them, but right. it's, it, it'll be a good game because both teams can score a lot of points. The reality is they can actually emerge undefeated. That's how scary Oklahoma. Now, granted, their their win total expectation was only nine, but they could, looking at that schedule, if, if everything flips their way, they can run the circuit. You know the problem with that, Tom, now that you're looking at that schedule? They can run the table, win the Big 12, and be left out of the playoffs. Because if you look at their schedule, they play one ranked team, and that's yes. Texas. That's it. Correct. They need help by their, their conference. Yes. Well, they really do. So there is help out there. And by the way, not the way people's schedules play out, there's a lot of round robins where when I say round robins is um, like Michigan can beat Ohio State, but Ohio, Ohio State may lose to Penn State. But, and my point is, right. so a lot of these teams, by the time they get to the end of the season, may have two losses, not just one. Right. Um, like, right. Uh, the, the SEC has a has a little bit easier schedule. The reason I bring that up now is to your point. They they can do everything right and still not get in, which is right. your, exactly right. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you guys something on Oklahoma. I remember Oklahoma being a big deal back when the Canes were the Canes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry Switzer. Yep. That's the eighties. That was right, the heyday the of those two. Hasn't yep. Oklahoma just taken a dive? Yes. Yeah, but it's 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 all because of the conference. Look, look what um, USC had. Remember when Carroll was at USC? How great USC was when Carroll left USC. They've done this right. Yep. Good coaches come in. Good coaches, seemingly good coaches come in. Good players come in. Five star players come in. But this is where the management people underestimate. And, and Rick's exactly like right. Luke Fickle is a great coach, and he's done it everywhere. So it doesn't matter where he is, he's going to be successful and his team will be successful because he'll be disciplined, smart, and tough. Lincoln Riley is 40 years old. He's at uh, USC right now. He was at Oklahoma, and he was putting up these ridiculous numbers on offense, but they couldn't – they had a sieve defense. Oklahoma has had this problem since those days you're referring to where they've, they've not had a good defense in a decade, and it's partially because of the division, the league they're in. Um, that old Southwest conference, where I still like these old, the old conferences, right? The big 12 is a all offense, very few defense conference. And the few teams that play defense are the ones that gain upsets. Kansas state will always play good defense and they'll sometimes upset teams. Iowa state always plays good defense. They'll sometimes upset a, a game where they're not expected to win. Texas should always play good defense, but hasn't played it in years. Um, hasn't. Yep. And so this is the reality of that conference. It's 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 all taken the persona, which is amazing because all it takes is one coach, and the new coach at Oklahoma is a believer in strong, speedy, athletic defenders. So if they can start putting pressure on quarterbacks, which is I think they're going to be able to do this year, uh, they may surprise some people. Reminds me of the whack. Yeah, the absolutely. old whack when BYU was in it. Yes, <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't understand what, why they don't pay, put more emphasis on defense. Defense, that's what wins games. Well, you don't have a defense. I remember the old Don Coriel, uh, San Diego Chargers. Air raid, they, would, yeah. they would score 45 points every game. 
and and they would lose. Yep. Yep. Well, I, 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 what are they thinking when they some of these people that put these coaches they hire these what the hell are they thinking? Remember, I'm I, I don't have the expertise you guys have on this. To me, it's just like, hey, we've it's sucked a no defense for twenty I'm years. Let me get a, yeah. a good defensive. Co- could could you guys it's, shed some? It's light like on the that? NBA small ball. Ralph, that drives us nuts, right? That a team will put up 140 and still lose a championship because what have we said for the last, what, century? That defenses win championships, correct? Who was like the San San Antonio Spurs were like that, weren't they? Having said that, in the modern incarnation of college football is kind of like the modern incarnation of Major League Baseball. And that is while defenses do win championships – what we've noticed in college football is offenses have been winning the championships of late. In fact, the great, the, the top you know five why? teams in offense are the ones that keep making. You it. know why? That, that's where the defense sucks. came in. Well, it's because because the defense well, sucks. Well, no, but there's a reason the defense sucks is because the rules favor the offense, right? And yeah, so, keep, keep in mind, offensive players. There's not an offensive player in college football last year that was ejected from the game for targeting. But if you have a all-American safety or a great linebacker or a, a cornerback who knows how to tackle, there's a 20% chance it, it, during the season he's going to get ejected yep. for for uh, four quarters, maybe the second half of this game and the first half of next game so because right. he targeted. Yep. That limits the ability of the defenses to dominate like they did in the past. People don't understand how important that is to keep your best 11 on the field. Yep, that's that absolutely sense. correct. They they've changed the game kind of rules wise, just like they changed hockey. They want to see scoring, and they can lie about yes. it all they want. They want to yep. see scoring. Yep. They know the twenty something generation gets bored with defense, it's, so they need to. They, it's all about the money and keeping yep. the hook. It really the tic, is the TikTokification I mean, of football. There you go. That's a great <laughs> great analogy. Yes, oh, way to put it, buddy. All right, yep. Tom, number seventeen. Yeah, number seventeen is North Carolina. You know, here's a, a so. I've always had a, th- a thesis in college football, and that is the the it's a quarterback driven um, a sport. <laughs> and if you have a great quarterback, you can make a good team great, or you can make a, a mediocre team good. And North Carolina has recruited great under um, the old man, and I call him the old man because this is his third go around in this in this league, yeah. right? And so. He's done such a good job of bringing in talent in North Carolina, surprisingly. I, I don't know how he did it before NIL, but he did it. He brought in good players. And and, and Drake May is an excellent quarterback. He's on the Heisman watch, and that's why this team is very good. Um, this past week, um, they, they didn't put up the numbers – you thought they'd do on offense, but they still got by in the South Carolina, you know, the South Carolina, North Carolina, the, the Carolina Bowl is yeah. what they, they call it. So yeah. uh, 31-17, South Carolina is a good football team. They always have a good defense. Mm-hmm. Whether their offense gels or not is always whether the, the kind of the bellwether if they have a good season, oh, plus 500 or not. Uh, they have a good defense, but May threw for three touch. I think it was two touchdowns. Um, 270 plus yards. Um, he he played well, well enough to win. Keeps him in the in the Heisman hunt. But for them to succeed this year, he has to outpace some of the greatest college quarterbacks um, of the, of the last you know 10 years. They're all here this year. It's amazing. Right. You know, if if I would have told you two years ago that you would have had a, a battle between May and Radler, we would have been calling that one of the best matchups ever. 
exactly seriously right. in a college That's game. Right. That's and right. you look at the attitude that Radler's shown, and I'm sorry, I'm not oh. trying to put him down, but he needs to screw his head on because that dude had everything in front of him. So much talent, so much skill. Yep. And, and, and an NFL squad now, I'm telling you right now, if they see his attitude in an interview, if they just watch film, that guy's going to go from everything to nothing. He needs to turn it around this year. What's, this is last shot. What's that? Um, who's the quarterback from Texas A&M who just had the great, the, the big video, self-promoting video? Um, oh, yeah, Johnny Manziel. 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 Yes. Johnny Manziel. Yeah. He, he's the modern Manziel. And, and yes, he, he, you're absolutely right. It's it's Unfortunately, we've added a – this is an example of that reality of today, and that is with the NIL, NIL deals, we're now giving 18 to 21-year-olds all the money they can Millions. blow on the on the worst decision-making time of our lives. Every one of yes. us. The worst decisions we yes. ever made were in college, right? And so instead of putting more parameters and guardrails on these kids – We've blown them off, and we said, you know what, kids? Here's all the money you need. This is a scary time because the kids are going to be making some scary bad decisions, and I fear the, some of them will be made during season. You know, After a big mm-hmm. win, a kid goes out, you know, pokes it up, and, and whatever, gets in the car exit. We're going to see some things in the next year, year and a half in college football that we've never seen before. And it's, it's not, let me ask you something, Tom, not, not even just in a year, year and a half. What about five years down the road when they forgot to pay taxes on all this NIL money? Exactly. Because nobody talks about that, but I promise you the first thing they should be getting these kids is a financial advisor. When they, when they take these deals, you're a hundred percent right. And that the NCAA should be the, the the rules that they they have, uh, which doesn't really exist. There is no there is no rule. Right, right. It's a wild yeah. west. But they should. Every school that they care about their kids, they should bring in those financial advisors, set these kids up, put the money into in, into um, uh, annuities, whatever. Protect these yes. kids for the rest of their lives because yes. How, yes. so few of them will ever make it at the next level. So they should be exactly. taking advantage of the money they have now. If you want to want to create an entourage, create it with a financial advisor first. And I'm going to just give a quick shout out to a friend of mine because that's what he does for University of Kansas, for the basketball team specifically. Oh, he brings great. the freshmen in. He sits them down and teaches them financial planning, period. That's huge. That so, is huge. So quick shout out to Pat Brown. There you go, bud. But he does a great, great thing for them. I thought it was hey, hey, really Tom, cool. You hit it right on the head when you said – if it hit the, and that's the key word there. If the NCAA cared about these kids, Tom, they don't. They don't. They don't give a shit about these kids. Just like the owners of all these major league teams and all right, these, bud. they don't give a shit about their players. They don't care. It, 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 see, we're going to get into a whole new thing. No, people in power don't care. Politicians. Don't care about the people. Yeah. It's all money. Here's, I'll just throw this at you. I don't want to get off the. No, I, I ask this one question to everybody I know. Name me one decision, just one, however small, that you make on a daily basis that is not in one way or another connected to money or influenced by money. Mm-hmm. I have yet to have anybody. Give me a, an answer that's not connected to money. It's all yeah. about the money, dude. They don't give Absolutely. a crap about those kids. Totally. They don't give a totally. shit. Okay. Anyway, I just thought it's, I'd throw well, that it, it was, it was, I, I rant. Oregon it was honestly State. The, oh, no. Get, get right. Go, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that it's about the only thing I agreed with Kaepernick in his whole spiel when he got all mad yeah. 
when he said we're cattle and they yep. bring us in draft day like cattle. Uh-huh. And he's right. He's, oh, right. he's right. It's, it's yeah, all he, you can he, do for my business. That's right. But you know what? He still pocketed millions of dollars. Oh, no, I'm not saying I agree with, with anything. He said he's that an, part he's a I agree dick. He's with. He's an asshole. Okay. Oh, I, that's a whole nother uh, thing. Well, and, and, yeah. and this is the, this is the, the whole page. thing. We can do a, a whole show uh, on the NIL and the automatic transfer um, at a future show on college football. I think it's important to talk about and, and whether this whole whole reality will be in existence 10 years from now, because I'm not convinced it will be. Um, but having said that, Oregon State, um, they'll, they'll be taking on UC Davis, that powerhouse this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but who makes these schedules up, Tom? Who the hell puts these schedules? Years the athletic in advance. directors. That's, that's what sucks. Yeah, that's the what sucks. They're years in advance. And, and they coordinate with, if you're in a conference, they coordinate with the conference um, uh, uh, coordinators, which are the... They, they put it in the computer, generate it out based on the conference um, requirements. Um, but Oregon State had a good game. They, they played really well and put up 42 against San Jose State, who is a decent football program. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll say it this way, that Oregon State is a surprise. They are a team that's slowly built a good, um, balanced, good defense, good offense in, a, in the Pac-12, Pac-40 now you might want to, yeah. you know, or yeah, pack yeah. six because everyone's leaving. Um, so yeah. it's, a, it's a six pack. They're going to change the nickname of the, the name of the conference. Hey, that'll pack. be great. You could put Kenny Rogers on the face <laughs> of it and do some old eighties. <laughs> but Oregon State, Oregon State is the legacy of the twenty twenty three Oregon State program. Will be this? Will they upset um, Ohio's? I mean, uh, uh, USC? Will they upset Oregon? Will they upset Washington? Uh, you know the yep. three main programs of the of the conference. Will they change the the, the trajectory of those teams in the postseason? Because that's going to be their legacy this year. They have a good football team that can upset some teams. Um, the best they can hope for, I think, is a is a fifteen to twenty five finish. Um, and if they can beat one of those teams, that'll be secured. If they lose mm-hmm. those those teams, um, then they may trickle out of that top twenty five by the end of the end of the year. Hmm. All right. Okay, so number fifteen is K State, which is the one okay. team in the um, what I still call the Southwest Conference, the Big Twelve, that I think <laughs> will surprise some folks because they they play an aggressive defense. Um, they have good ends. Like I mean, they they've been putting guys in the NFL for a long time that no one knows until they on draft day. Like, well, he's a defensive end who had had nine and a half sacks. Um, it's just right. a team that does it every year. Every year, every year. And it's a legacy because you remember the, the old um, coach they used to have? I think he was there for 27 years, 28 years, whatever it was. Yes. What was his name? I, it's, it's not even. Oh, I can't remember his name. I, I, I agree. You know with who you I mean. But yes. A, White hair, glasses. Yes. yes. He's fantastic. Yep. And, fantastic. Yes. But that program is just steady. It's just just a steady program. But that's, that's the 19 through 15. Yep. So um, I guess I'll go to my second biggest disappointment of the week, which would be LSU, because coming in, you know, it's all SEC talk and all this, all that, and Kelly. And personally, uh, he just got outcoached and outplayed. Um, he went for it twice on the, in, early in that game on fourth down when he should have taken the points on one of the two possessions, didn't yes. matter which. Uh, get some points on the board, 
he could have went up, I believe, ten to ten to seven at that point, or or ten to nothing at one point. And he just he's too stubborn. He's one of those coaches. He reminds me of Urban Rick, uh, quite a you, bit. Like you um, just nailed it, and, and this is important. And, and I wish young coaches would understand this. And this is why I, I, I can't stand the person Jim Harbaugh, but I love mm-hmm. the mindset Jim Harbaugh. And it, and this is what it is. Old coaches used to say, "You never." You never miss an opportunity to take points, right? Right. Because you never know how the game the, – a football game is all about momentum. When yep. a defense has the opportunity to stop you on fourth down, that – and they've got into your territory, right? So, obviously, the momentum's on the offensive side. They Maybe they started from the 40. Maybe they started from the 16. But they've got into your territory, and now they're in striking distance. They're inside the 35, so they have a potential for uh, – typically inside the 35. But they have a, they have a chance – to put points on the board and they don't take that chance. And it, 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 Rick, you'll like this. It's the greed <laughs> of the modern coach. They, they yeah. get greedy. They, 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 they're not happy with three. They want right. to take it all. They want to get seven. Here's the problem. It changes the momentum of a game. And when you do it twice, think about this, that game became a blowout. It would have never yep. been a blowout if he had nope. gotten six points at that point, because that those six points that he would have potentially gotten would have changed the psyche of the players on the field. And that changes everything. Let let me ask you another question. If you're on, if you're a defensive player for your team, what do you, what are you thinking? I'm sitting there going, man, coach just, he thinks it's going to be a shootout. We're not stopping anybody. That's right. We're not stopping anybody. So he's trying to get every, every time we get, First off, Florida State stopped them on eight straight plays inside the five on that first series because yes. there was a penalty to give them the that's automatic right. first down on the unsportsmanlike. So yep. that's eight straight plays. They stopped them inside the five, and you're still stubborn as hell, and you still do it again on the next drive. So to your point about the coach, and, and listen, I'm going to admit up front, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I've been a Notre Dame fan since 1972. Yep. Um, I never liked Brian Kelly as our coach because of things like this. When we had opportunities to beat um, teams, he changed the momentum of the game by making bad coaching decisions. And mm-hmm. that's because he thinks he's an offensive genius. So, and that this is the danger of that genius tag, right? Mm-hmm. He wins a, um, up at Grand Valley State, he won a uh, national championship, twice actually, he won a national championship uh, on, on D2. What, my point being, don't read your press clippings and don't be ingenuine or disingenuous to your team. And what I, when I say that is know your team. Know what your team's capable of. And if you've got an SEC defense type of team, which LSU does, right. you lean on your defense and then you yeah. take pick your options, pick your moments with your offense. Yep, I agree. He's got God complex, is what I call it. Yes, he really he does. does. Uh, he's you're not the only Notre Dame fan that's uh, that's told me that, and and I've seen it firsthand. Now, um, but going up, going look up at the to schedule. 13, look at your schedule, Rick. Oh yeah, let me. I you know what? And and after what I saw, I hope they I hope they get shelled this year. Honestly, well, maybe it'll wake him up. Well, to your point though, think about see you've as a coach, you better know your schedule and you better know your team. If he had limped yeah. out of that game with a win, the schedule's really favorable. Oh, yeah, the schedule sits – yeah, he, it does. All it, the way up favorable. through – Yep. I mean, even Arkansas, you got, you got Ole Open Miss. Open day the before Alabama. Test. Open day yeah. before – which means you got two weeks to prepare for Alabama. And so my point being – The SEC's down. 
Yes, it is down. I mean, it is. Yes. It's down. And yeah. the reality is he had the opportunity, if he managed that game right, to put himself in position, have two weeks to play Alabama, and then go and if he beats that game, he's in the title game. He's in the yeah. title game against Georgia or or uh, Tennessee or or uh, uh, Georgia or Tennessee because he, he would have Georgia eliminated Alabama. Probably, yeah. And this is yep. Alabama has has a weak year because they don't they don't know who their quarterback is. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Oregon's at thirteen. Oregon um, had another really tough game against. Uh, well, that they're not the Pilots. That's. Portland is the pilots, but Portland State, I'm not sure what their name is. Do you guys remember is. the great ball player from Portland State? Uh, basketball or baseball? No, no, football. 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 Nope, I do not. Rick, do you remember the great football player from from Oklahoma? Quarterback. The great football player from football, Oklahoma? Pl- pl- Neil Lomax. Oh, okay. He was from Portland State? Yeah. Wow, that's a good one. I like that. Hmm. Very. They haven't nice. been good since then. <laughs> or Oregon had a nail biter against that Portland State team, eighty-one to seven. Eighty-one <laughs> to seven. Eighty-one. Wow, down to the wire, huh? Yeah, it really was. Uh, and Oregon, speaking of favorable um, schedules, to me, Colorado yep. they have in three weeks, but then I mean Washington and. That's for the the conference title, pretty much. Uh, they still have Utah. They they actually do have a decent schedule left on this. Yeah, Oregon I, I always. Looking, to your point, the the first half of their schedule is until their open date on October seventh is a yeah. Stay healthy, stay healthy, stay healthy. Right, because then you got what yes. you're at yes. Washington, Washington State home at Utah. Those are two tough road games, right? Very, um, very. And then you're gonna you got Cal, which is. Which is always a fun game. Remember the Oregon Cal game? Yeah. That was that's a famous um, always fun game. Yeah. Um, but then you got USC at home, and then you last game is Oregon State, the rivalry. Oregon so, State, the rivalry. Point, yep. It's a tough schedule. Civil War. It really is. I just Bo saw Nicks, that. I'm like, wait a minute. They got he, like six rank. Yeah. Yeah. I Bo Nix. I don't think has enough right here to win those games. Enough of those games. And he to, should. He's been around forever. That, he should. But he's got a feature, and tell me if you agree or not. I look at players, and I look at do they rise or shrink to the moment? He always seems to shrink to the moment. No, I agree with that. I I totally agree with that. He reminds me of, uh, and Cincinnati fans will probably be mad at me, but Andy Dalton used to be (laughs) so bad in the primetime games. And there were odds on it. I mean, you could literally do the stats on it. Yep. If it was a nationally televised game, you bet your house against him. Yep. Period. So that's that's kind of what he reminds me of. So um, Oregon sitting at thirteen, right above them. Utah, love this team. Always have. Uh, they belong in the Big Ten. Uh, that's really their style. Uh, to me, I love the Utes. Um, you know, my BYU family will yell at me for even saying that, but I do love the Utes. Uh, they just the Utes. Uh, the Utes. Utes. That reminds me. What was that? What was that? Movie? It was my cousin Utes. Vinny. The two Utes. Utes? The two Utes. Who are Utes? I can't believe they would. They actually. That team's name is the Utes. Tribe. Yeah, it's after a tribe. U T E S. U T E S. The Indian tribe. It's it's one of those great stadiums that's built on the side of the mountain, and they got it's a 
beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Same with Provo. If yep. you, if you ever yeah. get to go to either one of those stadiums, go. Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> uh, they'll but never, they'll never win a national championship with that name. It, it always cracks me up because it's just a pick and choose on who they're going to make get rid of their native nicknames. You know <laughs> exactly. Because for me, where I was born, Eastern Michigan was the Hurons. Always. We had the Huron tribe chief testify for that school to keep its name no they 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 made us change it to the eagles because you had a bunch of crying liberals who had nothing to do with it i got you you see what i'm saying so like central michigan still the chippewas florida state still the seminoles but you have st john's who's no no longer the the who were they redmond st john redmond Mm -hmm. sorry they're the red storm now right (laughs) <laughs> okay, so but, yeah, it goes back to names like you know they people get insulted. I know Tom, if you heard that they they got insulted of the what was the name that the the, the liberals got insulted for? Uh, snowflakes? No, the yeah, no, the one you just named. The, oh, the, oh, Eastern Michigan Hurons. It was a Huron Hurons. tribe. Yeah, Hurons. That's, yeah. that's just like you know they got all at the beginning of this whole thing. They got pissed off. Aunt Jemima, the the picture. Oh, yeah. of well, the, Cleveland Indians had to change their there name. You go, Cleveland I, Indians. Here's the funny part. This is always promoted by the progressive fascist idiot. And this That's is, exactly and here's the funny, they're obviously not sports fans because you don't not name a sports team something that you don't celebrate. You celebrate your sports team. So you love your guard. I mean, your, your Indians, you love your Redskins, right. you love your Utes, right. you love your Seminoles. Right. You don't hate right. the team you name it after. <laughs> It's Just so like the Redskins, Washington Redskins. They did yeah. no research on it. It was in honor of their first Indian player. Exactly. And yet, nope, nope. Got to get rid of it. People are, uh, people I just need a, a reason to bitch. Yeah, right, they really back do. On the high, let's get right, back on the highway because we could, we, yep, number right. 11. I know. Number 11, Texas. This is my wild card for this year. This could be a playoff team or they could fold tent. You never know because yours, you never know. Um, I think they go as he goes. And honestly, he has got the most pressure this year of any quarterback in the nation without even blanking. He has one bad game. You're going to have everybody yelling for Archie Manning, period. And they're going to beg them to throw him in. And it's going to be a terrible move. But I'm just telling you, you want heat, that's heat. So that kid transferred from Ohio State after raking money here from the NIL. And then he went to Texas, and now he either – puts up or shuts up because honestly they've got somebody sitting behind him that the crowd's going to want in. And and trust me, I saw this firsthand last year with McNamara and JJ McCarthy. So I saw this firsthand. It it, it happens. And, but here's to your point. And I agree with you. This is a team. It's going to, it's a, it's what I call the bottle rocket. They're going to shoot it fast. And if it explodes, we'll know it this week on September Mm -hmm. 9th. It's the game, Texas, and, and, and Alabama. And what's amazing it. about this game, it's, well, first of all, it's at Alabama, so that's the tough part. But here's the good news. Alabama still does not know its offensive identity. They're, right. I mean, they like um, uh, Milroe, but they don't know if he's their quarterback for the year. They've got a four-headed monster. They got uh, Simpson, and they got the transfer from Notre Dame Buckner, and they have him who's leading. And then they have, in their mind's eye, they have – next year's recruit who's the number one quarterback in the country um and so <laughs> they have this mindset do, is this quarterback going to be our quarterback for two years that's what they're hoping but here's the problem texas is loaded 
They've got mm. great skill position players. I mean, they lost two great running backs, right? They lost two yes. huge, great running backs, but they reloaded with yeah. speed and size. They've got yep. three receivers. They brought a th- another one in through the transfer portal. They've got speed and size at wide receiver. They've got Ewers, who's got who's an incredibly accurate passer. He he's mm-hmm. he is just a very talented young man. Yes. To your point, though, it's right here with him too. Yep. Does he have yep. the confidence to be a giant killer this week? Because if he is, and you said it, this is a sleeper team because they've got the, at Alabama and they've got Oklahoma and Dallas, and that's it. I mean, they, they got K-State later in the season. K-State comes to them, though. You're right. Yeah, I mean, but K-State comes. That's, this schedule yeah. is so favorable. Schedule, that's, I think they're a sleeper playoff team. I totally I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Hmm. So, and and I'll be rooting for them. I, I'm just an anti, anti-SEC, anti-Alabama everything. I just, I can't. <laughs> I can't. So, uh, we'll get to 10, and here's your boys, Notre Dame. Uh, obviously the big story with them, the transfer quarterback, who's looking really, really solid right now. Um, of course they played a juggernaut too. I'm not going to let them get away with this. You know, those Tennessee state, whoever the hell they are, uh, they won a, a close one, 56 to three on a last second, 55 point touchdown. So it's <laughs> well, they, good they game. Change how, well, many, your, how many points a touchdown is worth. All right. To I like your that. point, I like here that. is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make this statement because as a Notre Dame fan, I've never wanted to see this day. I've never wanted to see the day that we're not playing a D1 opponent, which we've never done before. Right. This is the first time it's ever happened, but it was a um, historical black college. Um, it had yep. a historical significance to it. And I think that's something they wanted to do for the wokeness of yeah, the program. That's cool. and, and, but, but having said that, it, listen, the one thing they've learned on the, on the scheduling front, with Saulbrick as their uh, coordinators, they typically overschedule and underperform, right? And that was, again, they had Kelly at the coach. So that was going to be a, a prescript that was going to happen. But this year, their schedule, it looks pretty favorable. They got three big games. They've got um, USC, Clemson, and, and in, in two weeks, or three weeks, it's um, October 13th, it's Ohio State. So USC, that's, that's Ohio State, and, Duke, and Clemson. Duke. But this week is, or uh, I'm sorry, not this week, but coming up soon is Duke. And to your point, which makes that game interesting, the Elko reference. Yep. But ultimately, they don't have, because they're independent, they don't have a a, a championship game that they've got to play. So they really have to have an extra win um, and one fewer loss than the competition to get in the football playoff, which I don't think they can do this year. That's so it's true. it's going to be a, yeah. a pretty big lift this this year for them. Just do me a favor and beat Ohio State. I don't root for you guys a lot. I will root for you on that game. But again, to your point, Ohio State's still hmm. trying to figure out its quarterback situation. Is 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 oh, guy. Oh, I'm so, gonna yeah. We can we'll get to yep. that. So no, continue. Um, oh, so I guess I'll I'll jump. No, on you're with, good. Yeah, I'll jump on with you Tennessee. Go ahead. Yep. Because here's another team that. If it weren't for their schedule, I would tell you Tennessee is a potential um, top five team in the in the nation, um, and knocking on that door. Their offense is so puts so much pressure on a defense, and the yes. talent and skill players they have, the big offensive line, it is a they've got some big uglies up there. They run the ball effectively, but they they move the ball so quickly, and it'll be tough for teams to outscore them. Uh, and that's what they're going to have to do. So there's 
their schedule. Just to review that. By the way, I'm just going to tap on this since we're in this top 10. I'm just going to name this. Caleb Williams, odds on favorite yep. to win the Heisman for a second time, like your, your yep. old, um, Columbus Archie Griffin boy. Archie, yeah. Um, yep. You got Jordan Travis from Florida State. You got Michael Penix um, from uh, Washington. Washington Jr. Yep. You got J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. You got Bo Nix from Oregon. You got Sam Hartman at Notre Dame here. You got Quinn Ewers at Texas. You got Drew Aller from Penn State. You got Shador Sanders from Colorado. Colorado. Drake May from North Carolina. And Travis Where Hunter from, from Colorado. No, no mention of Milton on that list, huh? And, and so th- that's what I was going to get to. I, I left him off for a specific okay. reason. But yeah. potentially, the by the end of the season, the quarterback that may have the best statistics could be Joe Milton. Because that offense is so dynamic. So he becomes that potential. Again. Oh, he's a good that, dark horse. Yeah, yes. exactly. He's a solid quarterback with an offensive genius pushing it. He's got the best arm in the nation, bar yep. none. Remember, we had him. I watched him as a freshman. Uh, he transferred from Michigan. The problem with him is, and the problem with a lot of these athletic quarterbacks, is where's your cerebral part of the game? Can you make your secondary third reads? Can you get to them quick enough? Yes. Instead of trying to force to your ones or your second read. And that's where he gets in trouble because arm strength is such a good thing to have, but sometimes you, have just come face you to think face you can fit it in Please don't anywhere. forget to like. And that's yes, what scares me about him. The other part about him that bell. why so Michigan let him go new is his long ball touch was horrendous. We'll see if he's gotten that fixed. He loved to throw ropes from 55 and 60 and would out throw guys by 10, 15 yards who were wide open. And, and that's a problem. And that's what I want to see from him. I root for him. I root for any Michigan kid that left. I don't care. They're still part of a program to me. I really don't care. So uh, I want to see him do well, especially down in the SEC. But it, as far as talent in his arm, ridiculous arm strength. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tremendous talent. Um. So, again, as we're getting into these numbers, these teams obviously keep getting better and better in terms of their overall team talent. Washington has the, has the unfortunate reality of being part of the Pac-6, six. Um, right? The, the, yeah. the, the future yeah. Pac-6, six. but the, yes. but the Pac, uh, Pac-10, 12, 15. Yeah. It, they change the name every year. Um, but, yes. again, Panic, great quarterback, this offense, again, is dynamic. The one thing we're noticing is we're not talking as much about these great defenses because every one of these teams has a quarterback that that leads them that is ridiculously talented. And, and I said earlier that this may be one of the best quarterback classes of all time. I, all I these teams that, have a yep. great quarterback at the helm, and it's, it's, it's an unusual reality that you have this much talent. But, again, their schedule, they've got – Oregon after an open date. They have USC on the road, Utah home. That is an incredibly favorable. That's now, they do have Michigan but, but State, yes. who always can upset anybody on a given day, um, yes. even, even with the new team. But that's Washington's a team to watch out because they may be able to slip into Agreed. this title hunt too. Agreed. So, Interesting. 
Uh, anything else on yeah. on uh, Washington? No, nothing. Nothing on Washington. I I love Penix. I I got to follow him for years here as in yep. Big Ten country. When he was with Indiana, he yep. he just gets injury prone. That's the only thing you have to watch out for him. His size. Uh, his he's yes. He has, it's a size issue, right? Even he's playing yep. a big boy game, and he's just not a big boy. Yeah, and he tra- and and literally he ripped his AC or tore his Achilles just running out of bounds. So that right. scares me with their non-contact. Yep, absolutely. So Penn State. Um, this is the wild card to me in the big Total team. wild card. This team, yep. Drew Alar is probably the best quarterback we haven't talked about yet, right? I mean, I mean when I say, yeah, yep. we've mentioned other quarterbacks. Drew has an amazing arm, 6'5", 230-pound kid, young, um, and has feet underneath him. He's, he's not just a block of granite. He's not a Roethlisberger. The guy has some feet too, but they've got the best running back in the country. According to in my estimation, Nicholas Singleton is amazing running back in the big 10 last year. He averaged six and a half yards per carry. That's in the big yeah. 10. Think about that in a yeah, conference. That's, that's used yep. to running uh, defensive running backs. Um, yep. They couldn't stop him. The kid was that good. Um, they don't have the same group of receivers they've had in the past. There's a younger group. But it's tall, it's big, it's talented, and it's fast. Um, and their defense is typical Penn State. It, it, a Franklin-type defense knows um, they've, they've got a tough defensive line. Uh, but here's, here's what makes Penn State SEC type of, of competition is their offensive mm-hmm. line. They've got mm-hmm. two of the best tackles in the country, and they've got a great center and a great guard. Um, this offensive line may be what makes Penn State um, a Big Ten champ and puts them into the national championship four uh, because they have every element covered on a, on a football team. Yep. Um, yeah, their their running back tandem is ridiculous, as you said. We we got to see what Lars all about, but he comes in with nothing but accolades. We know what he's supposed to be. Uh, the problem I have with Penn State is I just don't like Franklin. I don't think he. I think he's a terrible game manager. Absolutely. And this is coming from one of my best friends who is a diehard Penn State fan. Um, it, this is the year to me for him. If he doesn't do it this time or this year or at least top two in the Big Ten, you know, if he loses to us or uh, I think they're better than Ohio State. Personally, I think they're better than Ohio State. And I, I can tell you why, because Ohio State doesn't even know who their quarterback is right now. Right. They're exactly. lost. And their offensive line is terrible. And yes. I'm sure I'll get hated on for these comments. And their schedule Columbus, sucks. That's all they're talking about is how bad they're – and I said it before the year started. When you have freshmen competing for a starting job on an offensive line, you're in trouble. You Florida are State in trouble. That I don't care years. how you're good exactly they are. Right. You're right. I, I don't care how good they are. They haven't had right. a year of building or putting on that muscle or putting on that weight. They're not ready. So when you're telling me out of camp that – this freshman's coming in and competing. I'm like, they're in trouble, and and, and they are. But Rick, they'll you're figure right. out a way. I think I think Day's a good coach, but but we'll see. Penn State's just the team to me that is the sleeper that scares me. You you as a you you as a Big Ten fan understand this better than most, and you're exactly right about Franklin. Franklin is a horrible game coach, yeah. um, and he is. I mean, when he's chosen, when they've chosen the whiteout, they lose. And so hopefully, yeah. as Penn State fans, I hope they, they say, listen, no whiteouts this year. 
um, because <laughs> they seem to lose every whiteout these days. But it's because of Franklin. He's a horrible game day coach. He's a great recruiter. From yeah. his Vanderbilt days yep. to today, he's a great recruiter. Um, but you nailed it about the offensive line. You nailed it about – listen, what the differentiation between high school football and college football is enormous – and it's all held within one person. It's not the offensive coordinator. It's not the defensive coordinator. It's a strength and conditioning coach. You got it. That's yep. what makes a college football player on the defensive line or offensive line ready for prime time. It's not because mm-hmm. they were a five-star. It's because they're big and strong and they're ugly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> totally agree. That's that's truth. So number, right, number six, six, USC, listen, you, you have – one of the, the greatest young minds, and I'm, I'm going to say this, one of the greatest minds in college football history. In his first six years of coaching, he's only 40, um, he's done more things in terms of uh, offensive ingenuity um, than we've seen in our lifetime. It's, it's, it's almost Eric Coriel-ish on how, how creative he is in, in the offensive coordination. But again, they lack defense last year. And that was their demise. They lacked the, defense this year. They, they lacked defense this year, exactly. They gave <laughs> they up like points to a team they should have shut out. And yes, the, the and reality to San Jose is, State. Yeah. How Who's much, a decent program. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, a decent program. But when you're Not USC, 28 listen, points good, no. Yes. Think about this. <laughs> USC, you are in Southern California. You're one of the richest colleges in the world. You have one of the richest fan bases in the world. You have – the best sunshine in the world, right? You have all these amazing hey, hey, wait advantages. A minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. To bring Here people. Here the Miami guy. Look out, look out. It's, 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 listen, it never rains in Southern California, right? That's I mean, right. That's so, what Babyface said. So, uh, so the bottom line is this program is primed to succeed. The only thing that's kept it back is bad defenses over the years. And they still have it this year. But what makes it even worse, and, and this is, I'm going to tell you, let the cat out of the bag. I'm just, their conference schedule is setting them up in a very difficult reality. I'm just going to read this. You may have it in front of you if you do. Um, mm-hmm. This is what I'm basically focusing on. Um, I don't see them getting out of this this schedule. The, the mm-hmm. schedule they have, uh, where is it? I have it here. Um, it, it's going to put them in a really difficult situation. They, at, at Colorado, yep. at Notre Dame, yep. at you, Utah comes to them. Yep. Washington comes to them, and at Oregon, right? Yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all the back end of your of your schedule. I mean, you're yeah. talking September 30th, Colorado. Latier said, two weeks later, it's at Notre Dame. One week later, Utah home. Utah, uh, one yeah. week later, at Cal, which is okay. That's a playoff. I mean, that, that's a patsy. Yeah. But then, then you go to Wash. You have Washington, then at Oregon. To your point. Yeah. This schedule, they're not the greatest it's teams brutal. in the world, but it's a gauntlet no. of, of keep, you, you got to keep your, your level of game high enough to not lose. And the problem is none of those teams are great teams, but every one of those teams can beat you. And you're right. You're right in the injury time of your year. If you guys, let me, add, let me ask you something because it doesn't even make sense to me. You're talking about this guy. He's a, he's a, Offense, offensive uh, genius. He really is. Lincoln Riley is. Yeah, but doesn't yes. it doesn't it occur to someone that they they need a defense? I don't give a shit how good your offense is. <laughs> when when they recruit these kids, don't they don't they try to put together a defensive team? Well, 
It's just like Coriel when he was, what the hell is, what is, no, tell Rick, me the mindset. No, Rick, Rick you, you ask a great question, but understand the a concept, the, a, a con, the players are all talented. Listen, they're all four and five star players on USC's mm. defense. It's not a lack of talent. It's whether the talent matches the coach's philosophy and whether they're executing it in a way that is successful against the game plans that they're facing. And so in the Pac-10, Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-46, soon to be Pac-6, um, <laughs> you have a lot of aggressive offenses. So you, you, you're going to be playing a lot more nickel. Okay, you're playing a lot mm. more nickel. That means, and this is just historically, USC would come east and play some traditional, maybe a, 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 a Big Ten team that runs a lot, does puts puts a couple tight ends in the, uh, you know, uh, goes with a, with a um, they don't go with a 1-1, one, one, uh, you know, 11 with a one tight end, one running back. They go with two, uh, uh, you know, two, 21, two tight ends and a running back, right? So the philosophy changes. Then you're changing your personnel on the field. My point being, just like on offense, there's an amazing level of coaching that is required to get a successful program scoring points. It requires great coaching to, to stop points from being scored. And you got to pick the right coach. And so that's the administrative side of being a head coach. And while he's Lincoln Riley has shown the ability to be a great offensive head coach, he's not shown yet the ability to be a great head coach, which means he's managing both sides of the ball as that CEO. And so right. to give you an example, what did Day do um, after um, – and two years ago, at the end of the season, two years ago, he says, yeah, guess what? Yeah. My defense is, is not living up to my offensive genius, and I've got to be the CEO, so I'm going to fire my good defensive coordinator who's been here for a while and has done a very good job, and we've, we've, yeah. we've held teams down. So he goes out and gets the best. The, watching the playoffs that year and the, and the bowl season, he said, what defensive coordinator impressed me most? And he went out and got him from Oklahoma State. And so he brings him in and – that's the CEO. And so there's yes. levels of this. There's you're a head coach and you, you, you're a good recruiter. Are you a good X and O's head coach? Are you a good administrator? Are you a good CEO? And that's why I'm just going to say this flat out. What makes Saban so good is he's good at multiple tasks. He can be both your, his, the guiding principle of his defense he can be the guiding principal of his recruiting, and he can be the CEO of his program at the same time. That's success. Coach Day at Ohio State has to learn how to be that CEO. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe he will be. Um, and again, that goes with every coach. Are you able to manage all facets that are required for a head coach? And this is why the Pac-10 has had problems. They just haven't been able to keep great defensive coordinators in, in conference. I don't know, Tom. Something, something doesn't seem right to me. I, I just, and I see that in all in all sports. I just, this was like baseball, you know. They, they I, anyway. Look, I'm not going to belabor this because we're, <laughs> we're over our time. You know me. I mean, I can rant about anything. So, what number are we at? We are on. We're on five. If you want to uh, do a two part and come back with the top five, that's up to you. But because yeah, you let's said do that. Let's do the time. top five. Let's do the top five. Okay, Rick. Okay. Oh, you want me to go ahead? Yeah, we got the top five. You may as well. Okay. Just... Yeah. I mean, my my beloved Ohio State Buckeyes are at five. Bottom line is this. I see them as a three, 
possibly four-loss team this year because wow. they are lost on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And they don't have anybody they can – they have the best wide receiver in the game, possibly best player in the game, period, Two. with Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, that guy was legit at 18 years old. He would have been a top pick last year as a yes, freshman. Yeah. I mean, the kid's ridiculous. But then again, he came out of the womb that way. His dad was pretty damn good. <laughs> so, I mean – Sometimes it's just you look at a dog and you go, yeah, he's going to have great pups. Did he come from him? Yes. He's the best wide receiver in the game. I mean, it's just bottom line. Why would Problem they rank the, him number five? If, if Why would these? They dropped him. They literally dropped them three, two spots. I'm sorry. They were three. Yes. And they looked so anemic against Indiana Saturday. Like they were in danger of losing that game at one point. It was 10 to three at halftime. Yep. And, and you're, you're 28, 30 point favorite in this game so why number um, five why why would they rank them number five i, I because mean, they're it, they're basing it they're basing on on their skilled positions but what they forgot is they don't have a quarterback their offensive line like i said nobody like me and tom were talking about earlier about centers that never are heard of well now you're going to start hearing about their offensive line because they're they're bad do you understand what i'm saying now you're mm-hmm. not hearing about Hey, we got Trayvon Williams in the backfield, and we've got Marvin Harrison Jr., who, by the way, only touched the ball three times in that game. Mm-hmm. When you don't have skill, when you don't have time, or or a way to run the ball to set up throws, these two quarterbacks are going to have troubles this year. And and I promise you, by the by about midseason, they're going to have a quarterback controversy in Columbus because they're going to be crying for the other one. The other one's going it, to it's going to be ugly. Just my opinion. Yeah. And I'm not saying I want that because I honestly, to me, I don't want that. I want undefeated, undefeated at the end of the year, every year for me personally. You think, it's, but you think name recognition has anything to do? Why the hell would they, they be ranked number five? Because of what they did last year. They were still oh, in the okay. playoffs last year. I mean, right. you, you can't, I'm, I mean, you dropped TCU because of how much they lost. I, I'm surprised they didn't with Ohio State, but they didn't lose a lot. That's the thing. They lost their quarterback. And some offensive linemen. Well, experts and newspaper writers are idiots too. So they don't give a shit about the offensive line. They don't even know who they lost on the offensive exactly. line. They don't care. Yeah. So you're right. It is name recognition. Okay. So Ohio State to me, and I'll tell you right now, here's here's who I think they lose to. Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan, for sure, those three. And I think when they go into Camp Randall and that Luke Fickle revenge game comes, it's going to get ugly. And I think they lose four games this year. I really do. Wow. Wow. And 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 they may be out if that happens. And that's a shame because next year with the 12-team playoff, there's no reason to fire him right now because he can lose to Michigan next year and still make the playoffs. It wouldn't matter. And, and, and to your point, and as a Notre Dame fan, that's the scariest of all worlds to me because that means Freeman will go to Ohio State. And yeah, I yes. love Coach Freeman. Marcus I love is good dude. Coach yep. Freeman. Yep. But I digress. Yep. Well, I, I totally agree with your assessment. <laughs> totally agree with your assessment. Yeah. Florida State, number four, probably the biggest win to me. I mean, they just they just smacked them. They just smacked them. And, uh, again, we're talking about quarterbacks. They have one hell of a quarterback there, too. The top ten minus two teams, who, who Tom's right, and the two teams we're talking about that don't have quarterbacks that we know of, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? When's the last time you could say that? We don't know their quarterback situation. 
That's insane. Wow. And yet all three of them are still top five. Or that's got to be whatever. name recognition, right? It it's got to be it is. right. It, and be. defenses. I think defenses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, some of these defenses are ridiculous. Anyways, Florida State, another good sleeper for a national title. I mean, that that test was passed with flying colors. You got to look, and I always get scared looking at their schedule and saying, oh, there's no real ranked opponents. I would bet you by the time they play Pitt, Pitt will probably be ranked. By the time they play, maybe not Wake, but just remember the, the ACC's weak and they're on the weak side of it. I mean, they, they don't have anybody. I mean, that's what sucks for them. It's both good and bad. I say it's the double-edged Rick, sword, which it Rick, really is. That's to your point. I've said – and I last Monday night or Sunday night was the uh, pre-playoff game. And the reality was one of those teams was going to emerge as a potential playoff team. Um, And it is Florida state. They have a quarterback. They have a head coach. Norvell's a very underrated coach. They had a great recruiting class. They've got great speed on that team. The defense is lively, but the schedule is incredibly favorable. But I'm going to add one more piece to this. You mentioned it, and I, I will tell you, you and I are agreeing here. I don't think there should be a coaches or AP poll until the first week of October. Every team should have four games in the in the can before you rate them. Because, number one, this is not pro football where you bring the roster from last year into this year. You have attrition, and now we have transfers. So you, whatever the team is, and to your point, Ralph, is that three of these teams don't have – top-notch quarterbacks yet. Right. No, after four weeks, they may have developed into because we have great coaching on these teams. That was one of the differential differentiating marks of these four teams. The three teams we're talking about, Ohio State, Alabama, and, and um, Georgia, they have great coaching. But I've been a long proponent that we stupidly rate the preseason top 25 based on last year's results as opposed to what's coming back. Um, that's why Steele is so good at what he does in his betting book. Uh, as he looks at what production is coming back, and that's how I'm going to determine is. But that's even inefficient because it doesn't take into account injuries. And a significant injury makes it a top five team, maybe a top 15 team. And the reality is wait four weeks, wait until October 1st before you rate teams and schedule or, or, or catalog where they should be in the top 25. That's been my, my uh, uh, thesis for a long time. I wish it were the case. But too many people sell too many preseason magazines and 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 junk before yeah. the season. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think that that probably be the thing to do. But then there's too much money involved, and that, you know they keep the fans interested in the arguments, you know, yeah. and all that kind of. Oh, yeah. And that's all they give a shit about. They don't give a, yeah. They don't give a crap about any. They don't care about the truth. That's uh, right. The tr- right. The truth. Yeah. <laughs> the truth. And and you know you you're absolutely right. The truth is that until these teams play four or five games, we don't have no idea knows? what you have. Nobody you have no knows. idea. Yeah. No idea. Good God Almighty. All right. So that's Florida uh, State number three. Number three is Alabama. Good old Alabama. Well, we'll know a lot more about them, like Tom said, this Saturday when Hook'em Horns comes flying on in. Um, personally, I don't think Alabama gets out of the SEC. I don't think it's a team we're going to talk about. I do think that uh, I, I agree with Tom. Honestly, I like Tennessee. If those two ever met, and they do actually, on the 21st of October, then Alabama has to go into A&M. And if anybody remembers the last time they went to A&M, a little last-second field goal. Yep. I mean, the SEC on this side is where it's at. But I, I just don't see Alabama being that Alabama this year. 
Um, too many question marks offensively to me. Um, again, we can't name a quarterback that's going to be worth anything for him. Um, and Tennessee's explosive, as me and Tom were saying. Um, I want to see, Rick. again, I want to see what's going to happen Saturday. I think they, but, and here's the, here's the bad part about Alabama because name carries so much weight. Mm-hmm. If they lose this game to Texas, they may move two spots, maybe three. Yeah, exactly. And that's absolute horseshit because exactly. if it's Michigan back in the day, we dropped seven or eight spots and it does mean a lot. It means mm-hmm. you you are on the outside looking in, and mm-hmm. you need a lot of things to happen in yeah. front yep. of you. Alabama, they just need one or two things to happen, and that's yep. that's what the BS is. And it yep. doesn't matter if they lose by twenty in this game; that's it right. won't matter. That's right. Yeah, that's the politics of this whole. It, this is big what time. This is me off about again that. why you should not have ratings until yes. you know, a week. You're week, absolutely right. Week four. Yes, I agree. And uh, just just like we were saying, I mean, it does mean a lot when you rank them this high this early because they can't they don't fall that much. If you're if you're in seventeenth, let's say a BYU or a Boise back in the day, understand that their strength of schedule, but they have no way of getting in. Even mm-hmm. if they go thirteen and zero, they're not getting in. That's right. Alabama could have two losses and they're still going to be ranked above them. That's yeah. ridiculous. It's got to change. That's why I'm glad the 12, 12 team playoff is coming. I actually am a proponent for that. I agree. Um, Number two, uh, Michigan. I mean, I can say a ton about this team. Let me just tell you, JJ's a real deal. Um, Their backfield is probably their two-headed monster in the backfield is probably the best backfield in the nation as a combination. Um, This tight end, number 18, please keep a watch on him. A lot of people don't talk about him. This kid is legit probably the best wide receiving tight end we've ever had. And that's saying a ton. Um, he's built more like a wide receiver, tall, lanky, and can run Loveland. Um, defensively, we had a lot of question marks. Let me tell you something. The front seven is probably just as good as last year, maybe better. And we had we did a hell of a job in the transfer portal. Michigan was number one recruit recruited out of the or number one ranked in the transfer portal this year mm-hmm. uh they got two tackle or tackle in a center out of stanford they got a starting corner out of umass we're loaded this is jim's time if he doesn't win it this year i don't have a lot of faith going forward as far as not not in him just that we're going to get over that hump because and the schedule. we had kids and our schedule's fantastic except for penn state that's yep. the part that scares me uh, but when you have when you have eighty percent of a team come back that could all be making checks right now, mm-hmm. that tells me a lot of what he. That's a family, dude. That's people wanting to come back for a goal, and that all starts with Blake Corum. That kid is a winner. He's just a straight out winner. Blake Corum is a special clips. young man. Rick, just let me add two kid. pieces to what you just said there: um, Alabama, Georgia, um, LSU, and. Um, Clemson, I think over the last five years, the only teams that have put more players into the NFL than Michigan, they're number five. And this yeah. team is loaded. Team speed loaded. is phenomenal. Um, the size of the defense and offense, the offensive line, I, I think offensive line is again top three, maybe yeah. top two again exactly. this year. Yeah, just monster. Yep. And the schedule's favorable, so it's a great team. Um, it's Harbaugh. Harbaugh should this should be the one that secures his future. Guys, let me you. ask you something. Go ahead. Yep. It, 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 if, if they have a weak schedule, doesn't that play against them in the long run from a no. mental standpoint? No. 
you know, because all you've got to do, out- all you've got to do is get into the top four, right? And schedule strength has nothing to do with the coaches poll or AP poll to get you in that top four. It's no, it's no, a no, debating about- point. But it's about their mentally for themselves, mentally for themselves. They breeze, not breeze, but they just go through this. You know, nobody really uh, challenges, challenges them. them. And yeah. all of a sudden they're in the top four and now they're facing the big guns. It's, I don't know. You think I that, can see that, your side of it, Ralph. It's like basketball. They, they weren't tested coming in, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of stuff like I that. Think no, and, people, then, and then it goes to their head. You know, it's I, like, oh, I we think can these kids, I, I think these kids and the coaches and the media, media in particular, um, puffs up your ego so much that you believe your headlines. So let's say let's say your defense has um, has averaged you know seven seven eight points a game over the course of the season. You go into the playoffs and you're told that you are a great defense. Yeah. This is the power of positive thinking, right? That's you true. are okay. what you I, believe I, I, you are, right? And so all it has to be is one game, and you put up those things. Then it's the coaches X's nose that helps put you in the right position so that your confidence shows through and is successful. Now, if a team doesn't have the talent, that's the difference. Yeah, that's if, different. If yeah. you don't have talent to match that week schedule, meaning if, if that week schedule is is balanced with, with lack of talent, then it will show up. But if you've got the talent, what you're going to avoid is probably injuries, which is going to help you in the long run anyway. And so yes. I, uh, I don't think – we like to think that it would – depreciate the value of a team at the end of the season, but it never does. Yeah. Point taken. Speaking speaking of weak schedules, we go to number one, Georgia. There we go. (laughs) There we go. This team, I mean, mean, it's pathetic. Seriously, I just look back through their schedule and I'm like, they have two games on this schedule that are worth anything. That's right. And it's Ole Miss at home and at Tennessee is their whole season right there. The whole season. That's their whole season. How pathetic is that, Ralph? That's why they shouldn't be ranked number one. He's right. I mean, why? If 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 strength of schedule mattered, they'd get jumped in the seedings before the Final Four. But as I know for a fact, because somehow Michigan didn't get that little jump up in with Cincinnati that year, and they wanted to make sure that two SEC teams weren't playing each other in round one. Because that's all that was, by the way. That mm-hmm. was as politics as it came. Yep. Um, so they could guarantee that one were in the finals. It was ridiculous. Yep. But anyways, Georgia at number one, if you look at their strength of schedule, like if we were doing the NCAA basketball show, it'd probably be like 120th strength of schedule. It's pathetic. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's Tennessee. And that's not until late in the season. You better hope Tennessee is what we think they are. Because mm-hmm. if they're not, Ole Miss is going to slide out. They may have one ranked team yeah. on this schedule. Yeah, that's why I've I've never been a proponent of the way the, the, the schedules and these AP standings and all that crap. I, somehow they got to change. They have to change that. It just doesn't ne- make next, sense. Next year again, it'll, it'll be fine. That'll work itself out because if you're number five, you have a gripe, right? I mean, if you're number five this year and you're going, hey, look at our strength of schedule and we only have one loss, they have one loss. Next year, if you're number 13 and you have two losses and you're bitching, sorry. And then the following year, we're going to have super conferences, which is going to change it all. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, I've always thought they they should give you points for a victory uh, depending on, on your opponents. In other words, 
You see what I'm saying? You get so many points if you beat an opponent. It, it kind opponent. of is what they're doing in basketball. Tier so, one exactly. wins, tier Ralph, two wins. Yeah. You may remember, Rick, I'm, I'm sure you do remember. Remember the Sagarin rating system? That, the um, Sagarins, yeah. Yeah, Sagarin, yep. yeah. They, yep, they, yep, yep. they specifically factored in strength of schedule as a multiplier to your other components to, to rate this programs. And I always held that to be the, 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 the holy grail of proper um, uh, ranking and uh, it, because it took strength of schedule into, into consideration. Yep, he's absolutely correct. Very and then they got mad that it was all robotic and yep. computerized. They wanted human element. And I said, why? <laughs> I said, everything we touch turns to shit. Why would you do that? Exactly. Because they, <laughs> because they want to be able to... <laughs> They want to be able to massage the outcome. Yeah, of well, course. Yeah, SEC no, money, course. baby. It's money. See what I'm saying? ESPN, baby. ESPN. ESPN, uh, baby. Dying. Dying. Oh, good yes. God, I can't wait to put a stake through their heart. Go I mean, woke and go broke. I'm in the middle of their little Disney fight with my cable network. I don't have ESPNs right now. This nope, is horse shit. Me either. Yeah. Exactly. So let's just add it here. Um, yep. We'll do a quick show in a few days, and we'll do a, a shorter show just on the playoffs and the championship. Just on the playoffs. One. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do like um, four yeah. or five games into the season, like you said. Let's do and, that. And, yeah. and see what kind yeah. of changes and we revisit. See. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. see where we're at, and see uh, see who we like in the playoffs after like four games. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. All right, folks. Listen, uh, you've been listening to sports, music, and life. This is the sports section, and it's all sponsored and brought to you by you and the truth. Uh, because the truth is that, and this is my take on this, the truth is that this is out of control. The college, the, the, the college system, not only the educational system, which is totally in shambles, now it's taken over the sports. When, when you talk to me about this NIL, which is something I want you to, and maybe in the next episode, to really get into, um, college, to me, it, it's over. I mean, it, it's, to me, it's disgusting. It, it really is. And, you know, I feel I feel bad for, for some of these kids. Um, it's just horrible. It's, it's, it's horrible. So here's another great insti American institution that to me, uh, the, the stake is right there at the heart. All it takes is one hammer and it's dead. The NIL, I believe, is a stake through the heart. I don't know if you guys agree. We'll, you know, we'll talk about that in a later episode. Folks, hit the like and subscribe buttons and all that good stuff. And we will see you next time. Rick. Tom, as always, you guys are fantastic. Catch you on the next. Take care. Bye. On behalf of everyone from Life, Sports, Music, and Beer, we thank you for tuning in. If you've got that story to tell, comment below. Smash that like and subscribe button. And don't forget to hit that bell so you can hear other amazing stories. <laughs>